Welcome to VoiceOver Experts, brought to you by Voices.com, the number one voiceover marketplace. VoiceOver Experts brings you tips, pearls of wisdom, and techniques from top instructors, authors, and performers in the field of voiceover. Join us each week to discover tricks of the trade that will help you to develop your craft and prosper as a career voiceover talent. It's never been easier to learn, perform and succeed from the privacy of your own home, at your own pace. This is truly an education you won't find anywhere else. Now for our special guest. Hello everyone, my name is Paul Feegan and I'm a sound engineer in Dublin, Ireland. I've been recording voiceover audio for over 15 years and in 2009 I set up my own business, bit16.com and I have my own studio here in Dublin. So this podcast is really just about recording audiobooks and it's about my first experience recording an audiobook last year for an English author who had written a fantasy fiction novel. I had never recorded an audiobook, as I said, and I I knew that every discipline, every recording for every sector is different. Whether you're recording for e-learning, advertisements, IVR systems, or whatever it is, everything is different. Everything ha- demands its own tone and its own special read. Even here in Ireland, for instance... Um, Television news reading sounds different to the way radio news reading is read. There's a a subtle difference between them. And if you're trying to emulate one or the other, I think it's important to listen to them and identify what the differences are and what make them unique. And um, the same was the case with audiobooks because I'd never done it. I was fascinated to know what the read was like and what I'd discover in doing one. So when I started out, I sought the advice of some people on LinkedIn. There's some great groups on there. There's an audiobooks group. And um, I asked for a few pointers just to begin with. But like all advice, you know, you, you, uh, you take some of it and you shelve, you know, other bits of advice. And it might be because, I don't know, um, it's something takes time and you don't have the time because you're up against a deadline. In our case, we were quite eager to start this because we had absolutely no idea how long it was going to take. We didn't know how many retakes would be involved, how long it would take for us to to nail the tone of the book. So one of the pieces of advice I was given was to read the book. Now, we read the first few chapters before we began and then we were eager to get on with the book, get on with recording it. But I have to say, I do recommend that you read the book at least once, twice if you can, and just become familiar with the tone, the mood of the book, um, because you'll obviously get a much better impression by reading the whole thing than if you just read the first few chapters. Because the first thing we had to do at the very beginning was set the tone. Now, uh, the author had, um, even though his main protagonist was male, he had chosen um, a US female voiceover, uh, which actually worked out great. Um, She's in my pool of uh, voiceovers. Uh, Her name is Lisa and she's from Florida and I'd worked with her many, many times before and she's fantastic to work with. So when we, there's there's always a sense of trepidation, I think, in starting something new. Because uh, yeah, you're you're just you're just worried about nailing the right tone. So the first thing we wanted to nail was the narrator's voice. Arguably, it's going to be 
the one that takes up the most text in the book. So you you want to be sure what the narrator's voice is. And obviously the narrator's voice may change over time depending on what's happening in a particular scene. Uh, but you just want to get the, an overall feel for how this narrator sounds. So we did that. And I have to say, I think Lisa nailed it. Um, you know, in the first few lines, we might have done a couple of retakes just for flow. But you know she really she really nailed the tone and i was i started at that point to get excited about recording the rest of this book the next thing was to find the voice of the main protagonist it needs to be a voice i think that you're comfortable with he could be a character who maybe lends himself more to i don't know a raspy voice or whatever it is but it still has to be something you're comfortable with you don't want to spend 150 pages uh, tearing your vocal cords out and end up having to see a specialist after it you know um, you, you really want something that is is comfortable for you uh, to voice and that um, you, you're going to have to express emotions as well throughout with that voice so you really need to be comfortable with it I think but don't forget after all you are a storyteller and this was one of the things we discovered. It's it's not like you're trying to pretend that you're a whole host of characters, um, like you use a unique voiceover for each character. You're just one voiceover and you're telling a story. So you do the best you can with the characters to make them distinct. But there's not, you know, you're not, again, pretending to be different voiceovers. Um, I think of it the way you might read a story to a child. You would, you might put plenty of drama into it and you might impersonate the different characters. One of them might be gruff and have a, a low bellowing voice and another one might have a high squeaky voice or whatever it is. So there's a nice distinction there. But you're not trying to pretend to the listener that you've suddenly walked out of the booth and another VO has come in. It's just you telling a story. So I wouldn't feel under too much pressure. You may come across 60 characters in a novel, um, some of whom might only have a line or two. So I wouldn't stress too much on trying to make them sound different. So you may even come across sections in the book where two characters are speaking who have a similar voice. And look, don't worry about it too much. The he says, the she says, if all of that is written well, there will be a distinction between them. Besides, they'll probably have different emotions. And, you know, I think the listener will be able to discern, you know, who's speaking at any given time. So the other thing we found useful was to keep track of your characters. For instance, you know, a character named John may appear in chapter two, but he might not appear again till chapter 10. So in the meantime, between two and 10, you may have voiced, you know, tens of other characters. And by the time you get to 10, you'll be scratching your head thinking, well, what did John sound like again? So rather than have to maybe trawl back through hours of unedited audio, trying to find John's lines and hear what he sounded like, just edit a small little snippet of his voice at the time or after the session and place it in that folder. And then when John does reappear again, you can just go to that folder, play his MP3 or WAV or whatever it is and have a listen to how he sounded and it's straight back to you. And it just saves you a bit of time. It's just much more convenient. I think one thing as well, this goes for e-learning as well and a lot of other disciplines, but be mindful of your tone, whether you're opening a new chapter or a new section of a chapter. So if it's the beginning of something new, change your tone 
um, maybe um, lighten your tone a little bit so that the listener knows we're starting with something new. You'll either have paused before going into it sufficiently that it sounds separate from the previous section or the editor, whoever's editing it, will make sure there's a sufficient pause in there so that the listener knows, okay, we've finished a scene and we're now into a new one. So use a nice opening tone when you're opening something new. And um, the same goes for the ending, actually. Use a nice resolve at the ending of a section. And as I say, it mightn't just be a a chapter. It could be just, um, you know, a section or even a paragraph, depending on what's happening in the story. Once you're leaving a scene and going to another one, um, there's a distinct break that you can mark with your voice by resolving the end of one and having a nice opening light tone at the start of a new section. Obviously, if the last line of a section is a battle cry, um, or something like that. Obviously, um, you're not going to resolve that too much, but you'll know by the text when it's appropriate to use a resolve, and most of the time it is. So just a note on timing. Timing is everything, and as I wrote in a blog recently, comedians live or die on timing, and I think drama deserves that same respect. So if you have an action sequence that's, um, you know, maybe a fight scene or something like that, keep the narration and the dialogue punchy. You know, keep it snappy, keep it moving. Maybe your tone will be a little bit heavier on those pieces as well. Where if it's maybe a suspenseful scene or maybe um, a sad scene or something like that, you know, lower your tone and watch your timing again and just take your time over those words and take your time with the pauses. Because don't worry if the pauses are too long in retrospect because they can be shortened in post-production. So that's not an issue. But the timing will just help the pace of whatever is going on in the book at the time and it will help the listener get a sense of the action. In a similar vein, one thing we discovered whilst recording the audiobook was that it's a nice effect if the narrator is with the characters. So if the characters are creeping into a fortress at night, maybe have um, the, the narrator's voice whisper along with them or um, speak quietly as if almost they're uh, an embedded journalist that's in there with them, you know, speaking to the camera. Um, We found that this was very effective and it was something that the author said he liked once we delivered the final product. So it's likely you're going to be using a compressor when recording. Uh, For people who don't know, a compressor is a piece of equipment that evens out the levels so that... um, you know, if the actor needs to uh, raise their voice, the audio won't redline the meters. But at the same time, there may be sections, depending on the book, where the actor is required to shout. Now, you might be tempted to do a kind of, you know, half shout. You know, if you were reading a book again, going back to the analogy of reading a book to a child, you know, if there's a section in it where somebody's shouting or screaming, you're not going to shout and scream in their room just before they're going to sleep. You know, you're going to you're going to impersonate a shout. So I tended not to want to do that. I felt that because of the type of book this was and um, the scenes that were in it, if there was shouting, I felt it was important that we at least do some sort of convincing shout. 
Now, your compressor is going to handle a lot of the peaks of a normal recording and it's going to keep them keep them down and keep your levels good. Um, however, even, you know, a compressor mightn't handle shouts very well. So use a little bit of mic technique. You know, if there are scenes where somebody is um, shouting or screaming, pull back from the mic sufficiently and do a few takes until you get it right so that the listener hears that you really are shouting or screaming, but you can look at the levels and see that the compressor is still able to do its work and keep those levels down. Because I just think it's it's a much more immersive and convincing experience for the listener, you know, if those shouts are real. Other oral noises I think are important and you'll see them in the dialogue. Somebody might gasp or somebody might sigh or whatever it is. And I think even though the text will tell the listener that somebody sighed or gasped, I think it's it's nice to include that wherever it appears in the dialogue. And the same is uh, with laughter. Um, sometimes you get a line and it ends with she laughed or whatever it is. And I think it's, um, it's a good idea. Just, uh, this sounds crazy, but uh, try it out. I think it's, it's good to just get yourself laughing before the take and then go into it and just see how it sounds. Uh, maybe they're not supposed to laugh till halfway through the line, depending on what's being said or whatever it is. And I think getting that right is important and it just, again, makes it all more convincing. And at the editing stage, if somebody is laughing in response to something somebody else has said, I think it's a good idea to edit it so that um, the laugh overlaps at the right point and that it doesn't come in too early or too late. Again, you can experiment with this in post-production. Um, but even though you're just using one voiceover, I think it's a good idea to have overlaps there. Again, they just make the whole thing more immersive from, from the listener. And they forget it's just one person telling us the story. And um, it just feels like they're in there with the drama and with these characters. And also... Let the tone of your voice reflect what the character is doing. For instance, if somebody's about to loose an arrow, they might have pulled back on the string and they might be holding it there. And if they say something through that, if you just speak in your normal character voice for that person, for that character, it's not as convincing as if you put a strain in your voice and hold your diaphragm as if they're holding that drawstring back and then read the line. Again, I just think it adds to the immersion uh, for the listener in the story. With regard to retakes, don't be afraid to redo something. I mean, even if it's fairly long, a retake can be anything from half a sentence to an entire chapter. But I think that um, because it's a piece of drama and you're putting your all into it, um, it's important that you're happy at the end of recording any given section or chapter and that the director is happy. So if you find that after you've read a section, however long it is, and you feel, do you know what, it would have been great if we did this or whatever it is, and you're just not happy with it, you know, if you're not happy at that point, it's probably just going to nag you until you change it. So the best thing I think to do is use the experience you've just had immediately and go back and re-record the section. You'll feel so much better if you do this. When myself and Lisa discovered that it was good um, that the narrator would whisper along with um, the characters if if you know if they were in um, if they were creeping into the fortress or whatever. In the example I used earlier, 
When we discovered this, um, we were halfway through a chapter and we just knew it was going to be a much better read and a much better experience for the listener if we went back and redid that. And we felt much better when we did. It was well worth it. And um, it set a precedent for the rest of the recording of the audiobook. So don't be afraid to go back and do those retakes. I mean, it's okay if you discover something along the way um, that you didn't know at the outset. And um, if you do, brilliant. It means it means you're learning, you're gaining experience. But implement it straight away. Go back and redo it. And um, it'll be just a, a much, much better read at the end of it. And you'll be so much more proud of it. Now, I was the engineer on this audiobook. And I also directed the session. And then I did the post-production. So... Some of you out there may be editors or some of you may be voiceovers who do your own editing. So I'll just talk a little bit about breath intakes when uh, doing post-production. I have an extensive background in recording voiceover for e-learning and I always remove the breath intakes unless there's some dialogue. And I pretty much applied that same rule, if you like, to recording for this audiobook. So I removed all of the breath intakes for the narrator sections and I left some of the breath intakes in for dialogue. Now, I say some because in some cases a breath intake mightn't sound natural for what's going on. Somebody might be relaxed in a given scene, but the breath intakes are very sharp. And this is just because the voiceover is concentrating on reading and making sure they give a good performance. So, you know, they're making sure their lungs are full before they read the next part. So sometimes breath intakes can sound a little unnatural and you might want to take those out and that's fine. In other cases, you may have uh, in post-production changed the gap between two sentences and now the breath intake doesn't sound natural anymore so in that case you may want to remove it. I always lowered the volume of breath intakes anyway. I usually lowered them by about 8 dB um, and they still sound natural they don't sound too quiet but they just sound pleasantly audible they're not too sharp and it does take some of that sharpness that I was talking about it takes that away. The ones to leave in obviously are, you know, for instance, in an action scene, somebody may be out of breath or tired or whatever, and the breath intakes are really important in telling the listener that this person is exhausted or they've just run a mile or whatever it is. But you'll know from the text yourself, you know, when those breath intakes are really important. So just to recap, read the book at least once before you begin and get a sense of how many characters are in it that you're going to have to voice. Decide the tone for your narrator and um, your main character or characters. And as you go along, take note of how each of those characters sound by storing a little clip of audio of their voice in a folder that you can reference whenever you need to. By all means, try to come up with a unique voice for as many characters as you can. It'll make it more enjoyable for you. It'll make it more enjoyable for the listener. But again, at the end of the day, you're a storyteller and nobody's expecting you to be anything more than that. Be mindful of your tone, whether you're opening or finishing a piece. Uh, Remember to have a nice light opening tone beginning the section. And 
remember to resolve your lines at the end. Pay attention to your timing. So in an action sequence, make your lines nice and snappy and um, keep your intonation up, keep the pauses short. And in slower sequences, such as suspenseful scenes or whatever, just slow your pace down. You're in no hurry to read the next line. Just take your time. If the pause is too long, we can fix it in post anyway. Remember, as a narrator, to stay with the characters and um, make the listener feel you're embedded with them by, you know, whispering when you need to be quiet or, or being loud when you need to almost be heard over the characters. Remember to shout where you need to shout. Uh, I think it's much more convincing. Um, practice your technique with the mic just so that you can make sure that the, the levels aren't redlining. But I think it's it's best that you shout rather than um, stay at the normal distance from the mic and just it, kind of do a half shout, impersonate the shout. I think it's much more effective to pull back and, you know, and just let rip. Laughs, gasps, other noises um, that are indicated in the dialogue or even that you feel because of what's going on are important to the scene. Um, Include them. Um, They're just as important as the uh, words in the text sometimes. Again, don't be afraid to do retakes wherever necessary. Um, Just make sure that at the end of the recording or at the end of a session in any given day that you're happy with everything you've done. Breath intakes, again, this is subjective, but um, for me what works is removing all the breath intakes on narration and some of them depending on the situation in the dialogue. And you'll know which breath intakes are very important to the dialogue and which ones you can do without. So that's pretty much it. Um, This is my first podcast ever, so thanks very much for listening and, um, you know, to some of you who've done a lot of audiobooks, y- you may have known all of this already or you may even have your own advice t- to give. If so, I'd love to hear from you. Um, to those who are only getting into this, um, I hope you found this useful. And uh, it just remains for me to say best of luck with your next recording. Take care now. Thank you for joining us. To learn more about the special guest featured in this Voices.com podcast, visit the VoiceOver Experts show notes at podcasts.voices.com slash voiceoverexperts. Remember to stay subscribed. If you're a first-time listener, you can subscribe for free to this podcast in the Apple iTunes podcast directory or by visiting podcasts.voices.com. To start your voiceover career online, go to voices.com and register for Voice Talent membership today.